Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Dr. Raquel Lea, and you're listening to Healthy Families First. This has been exciting. I've loved it, loved it, loved it. So I think we've done um, enough pre-recordings for five days. And I tried, and I don't know if I did because I don't have, I'll just tell you, I, I'm, I don't have it because I don't want it. I don't have a schedule of how I'm going to talk to you and I don't have a lineup. This is day diary and the lineup and schedule is open until the beta testing is done, until we um, kind of figure out that focus and that plan. So it's purposeful. So if it seems a little scatterbrained, this is a diary and you talk about whatever you want to talk about in a diary and a journal. So just stay with us and say, you know what? I think she's going somewhere. I'm going to stay with it. I'm going to stay with the show. I love it. I love her. And yeah, so we're going to be purposeful and have intent as we bring you the day diary. Keep in mind that this sets the stage for the structure of how the show is going to proceed itself. So Healthy Families First is talking about how to set the standard of how you want your generations to know who you are. And the only way to implement a conversation about knowing how your generations are going to know you is by talking about impacting your child-parent relationship. And that's difficult. I I know that. It's one of the hardest, especially if you have a child and you guys are not talking right now and other things are going on. So we talked about um, for this last week or this last five days. And I, this, for example, this could be presented to you on a Tuesday. It just depends on what we decide to line up and release. So don't get into the technical pieces of it yet. However, um, we were talking about labor not being regulated and how it is difficult um, to protect children if laws are not regulated, if laws don't provide some sort of regulation. For example, um, migrant workers at one point in time that came from Mexico that did agricultural work did not have legal protections. So um, you have these farmers, and I remember in the 80s when I was five, six, and seven, I I would talk to my parents about it. And and there was some special privileges to people that were farmers. And that's how we came up with no school during the summer. I don't know if people know that in this country, we're the only country that have three months. It used to be a full three months of no school. And now it's kind of been shut, cut down, but we're the only country that has a full three months of no school. And the reason that was, oh, I love research. I love talking about history. The reason for that is because of the migrant workers that were in this country. And these migrant workers were not necessarily um, citizens, but they were, their parents were farmers and they had um, legal protections that let them take their children out 
of school because then they had to go and work the field. And so the way we set things up agriculturally to protect them because they were so huge by number is by having the summers off. That's why summer school was summer because there were so many people that would take their kids out of school because they were farmers. And some of them were farmers in other countries illegally. Well, I won't say illegally. They were legally here through the, the work permit that they had, but there's no way that those people could stay in school, that they could keep their children in school. They had to keep moving around. They went to where the pickings were good. And so there, there were so many people missing from school, so many children. And that's how summer school took itself, took its course. It's the same thing for people that were citizens. So many people were farmers. It just wasn't feasible to do. And a good medium for that was to have a break during summer and cram whatever you needed to cram in in the nine months. And even in those nine months, there are going to be breaks because their family ties and traditions and, and other things and holidays of that nature. The reason I mention that... <clears throat> is because we were talking about how the impact of uh, family laws and labor organizations came about to protect children. And it's important to know how Workers of America and different organizations got together to say, hey, this is wrong. There's a history here that we're creating. There's a standard we're here, we're creating. And so we need to come alongside and protect children. And those are some of the ways that child labor laws came into play. And you find later that you can't protect the child without protecting the parent. And then domestic violence was a big issue. And then we had to set the stage and the standard on how do we protect women? How do we, I'm sorry, there was, sorry, men, if you were battered in the seventies, you got no credit for it. Okay. <laughs> so those laws were in place that if you're going to protect the child, then you have to protect the parent. And then, then, then you have to go to court and you have to limit things and, these are the things that got into place in what the thought was behind Child Protective Services. This was the thought behind the Department of Child Protective Services. There's nothing wrong with that. I advocate for the protection of children and the protection of families. Now, how does that impact your generation? One moment, we have to take a short break. children have been taken and you can't hide the shame and devastation you feel when something as horrible as this happens but what happens when the family is split in error breaking generational curses when child protective services takes your children is one of the many stories that should never have been available at tapepublishing.com And we're back. And thank you so much for tuning in. I am your host, Dr. Raquel Lea. We're talking about, well, we're doing a, a, a small wrap up because I'm not going to talk about this after today. Um, not in the day diary. I'm not going to talk about the impact of law and how that impacts what you do in the privacy of your home. And so before the commercial break, just having that conversation on protecting children with child labor laws and then <clears throat> protecting women with family domestic violence laws. And now there's this big protection of separation laws to make sure that that other parent has a right in that child's life. And so on and on and on and on. Everybody's protected. Everybody's protected. We're so protected that you can't go out on a playground and play. You you know, it's, it's one of those 
one of those countries where everybody has a right. Everybody has a right to this. Everybody has a right to that. Everybody has a right to this. Everybody. Well, everybody's so busy protecting everyone else that when it's time to, re- to get to life, somebody feels violated. Somebody feels like they're not heard. How much is too much protection to where it starts to hurt the people you're trying to protect? And you get into this war. It's like the Bermuda Triangle. There is no way out. So you have to be a strategic parent and create a way out. That's this show. This show is designed to help you wherever you are in your situation to say, hey, I promise you there's a way out. <laughs> and the way out is, is to quiet your, your, yourself. Quiet yourself. And understand the position that you're in. That is so hard to try to figure out the position. You know what? There's the police. Mm. I'm always in my backyard trying to to air these day diaries because I don't want to go anywhere. I don't want to go to the studio. You don't, It's not necessary with technology today. But okay, that's gone. That's gone by. Um, that's what you get in the day diary. Homemade broadcasting. <laughs> So we're talking about the seriousness on your generations and I need people to get out of the emotional state and the, the hatred you may feel about your current situation, the, the frustration and the anxiety and the stress of, I am in the Bermuda Triangle and everybody is talking about protecting this person, protecting this person, protecting this person. That I am getting lost as a world in a whirlwind. I am the tree in the jungle that has fallen down and no one heard me scream. They say, hey, if, if a tree falls down in the forest and no one's there, does it make a noise? Yes! <laughs> yes, it makes noise. It's still the same noise. And so you are that parent that's falling down. You're that tree that has fallen. And, and the, the question is, did anyone hear this tree break from the ground? No one yelled timber. This tree has fallen. It is down and it can't get up. <clears throat> Yes, the tree has fallen. And, and, and so this show is different. And how do we promote or how do we blog that out that this is about impacting your generations? You know, the title can get kind of Christian-y, breaking generational curses, and make you believe that there's some mystical format or there's some um, prayer that's going to have to happen before you can get an anointing and, and falling out on the ground. That's not what this is. This is not prosperity preaching. As a matter of fact, we rarely talk about scripture after the first book. What we're talking about is impact. We're talking about your generation. We're talking about how do we tap into the longevity of some sort of relationship with your, with your parents and then now with your children so that your generations last and you remember them, and they remember you. And I'll just get my notes here so I can, I I googled out some thoughts. One of the things that um, we talked about 
um, when we were designing the show is the sensitivity of the conversation and what needed to happen so that we can promote the show and let people know that whether you're the wrongdoer in that child's life or whether you're the do-gooder in that child's life, there has to be some longevity for lasting relationship for each parent. And I'm not here to choose sides. We're not here to choose sides. We're not here to be um, um, judgy. And I am very judgy. I, I, I am judgy. I am not unjudgy. Let me say that. However, when working with parents, I understand that it is a maze and it can be a spider web to understanding why a decision was made to parent one way or why there's a separation split. And let me pause and say, when you are the parent that has full custody of the kids and the kids are under your tutelage, no one, I'm going to tell you right now, you didn't get the bigger piece of the pie. Because there are some ad, there are some advantages to being the person on the outside of the home, looking in and waiting. So <laughs> I won't even get into that conversation. You know that that person on the outside of the home can be more of a powerful force and marginalize your day-to-day decisions, even though you're the one on the inside of the home. So we won't say that the situation that you have is apple pie, nor will you get haughty about your decision to parent full time. No, no one's going to give you the Superman cape. And if you decide to put it on, let me be the first to yank it off. (laughs) So (laughs) I just want everyone to know that this is a sensitive conversation. It's sensitive in nature. There are all of these situations and ties and we encourage people to take responsibility for their own actions. And we, we encourage people to make a safe place for where you live and where you work. And this show is about encouraging you to now look at your own special interest, your own best interest in a way that impacts your generation, not in a way that just impacts you winning a conversation now. That's, that's not it. That's not it. I'm not giving you information so that you can use it as a weapon. We're getting together to give you information and resources because we recognize there should be some thoughtfulness and some compassion. And our hope and our prayer for you is that even if you can't get, in, get out of this place and the place seems to have no end insight that we will reach in and then with intention help you to design your communication and your actions that you recover and that you have some skills and some healing processes that won't consume you with grief and loss and you begin to plan your communication style and your actions and your effective behavior so that it impacts for the positive your generation. I am Dr. Raquel Leah. This has been a wonderful episode of Healthy Families First. Thank you for listening in.